0: Hello there. How to innovate sustainably in the asset intensive industry with head of Maximo for ANZ at IBM. That's a hell of a title. Um, The purpose is for this episode today is how we can look forward with our innovation strategy to prepare, be ready, feel confident for the changes that are coming to this industry. Joining me today, I've got Michael Cahier and David Small. How are you guys going today? Do you want to give us a quick introduction about yourselves, what you do, where you fit in the picture here?
1: So yeah, my name is David Small. I look after what IBM call the Sustainability Business Unit across, across Australia and New Zealand. Uh, Michael Cahier, I look after Sotis Digital and we focus
2: on the asset intensive industries across Australia and New Zealand.
0: Brilliant. So innovation is key in today's ever-evolving digital world, especially to businesses maturing their asset management processes, and we'll be discussing how organizations can approach it in a way that ensures continuous improvement. We'll be looking at specific example of a change on the horizon, the move from Maximo to Mas8, and how businesses can achieve their digital transformation ambitions. I'm really excited to actually hear this one, because last episode that we did was about the change that was coming up. This one, I really want to focus on innovation and sort of see how people can use this to really benefit them and their organization. So very excited. Very, very cool on this one. Um Michael, first question for you, I guess. Is there any way to be sort of ahead of these changes on infrastructure um, that, that are sort of starting to loom? Yeah, thanks, Paul. So I, I you know, look, I think these changes are the,
2: the best thing that's ever happened to the industry. And and, and people should absolutely talk to their partners about how to embrace them. Um, because in reality, uh, if if organizations want to improve and want to innovate, they need to be able to get insights into um, multiple sources of data and their processes and, and use the AI technology that is now available to not just improve how they do what they do, but, but look for new ways of doing things. Um, we. We also have a responsibility to be completely uh, as efficient and as sustainable as as we can in in what we do, and and we need technology like like this to enable us. I don't think that um, we can, um, with the amount of data that's out there, with the amount of change that's happening in the industry that we can um, not innovate without access to technology like technologies like this.
0: David, from your perspective with IBM, how important is it, the ability for, for the end user to be able to innovate on something like this?
1: Yeah, Paul, I guess if you look at the traditional things where people focused on break fix or, you know, they put in place um, you know, that we're gonna do our regular routine maintenance. And it was very much that, you know, let's do it right now. There was not, as Michael touched on, the whole AI, the future, trying to look at, uh, can I get condition-based, right? Can I get data out of what is the condition of my assets and use that information to help drive your maintenance regimes and your maintenance strategies? So that becomes a more innovative way for them to maintain their assets and look at what they're actually spending.
0: It makes a lot of sense. And it's got to be very useful for end users, these organizations that are rolling out this change and, and- sort of looking at new ways to approach these issues that they have to face. Um Michael, I'm kind of curious how should we be approaching innovation that we're constantly improving with? Look, I think I think with the
2: technology that's out there right now, um, I, I really do think it's about taking an outcome approach to how you run your business. Um that allows us to be to be open to new ways of and different ways of doing things. And because you're, you're focused on the outcome, not how you did it, you know, last year or, or 20 years ago. You're wanting that particular outcome that you're trying to achieve. And you've got access to, uh, information technology you've never had that you can, you know, drive that outcome. We all, we all want to improve our business. We all have, um, having a continuous improvement strategy is definitely important. Um, but. You know, we didn't continuously improve from a candle to a light bulb, um, to get better light. Uh we innovated and technology allowed us to to do that. And the the changes with maximal applications rate is no different in my mind. We're we're now able to, um in a lot of new ways
0: to achieve uh the business
2: outcomes that
0: that we we need. I'm always worried when people bring out light bulbs as an example. <laughs> The the stories about some of the filaments they used on those early ones are are kind of horrifying. If anybody's really curious, they should Google it. There's some really disgusting stuff they put into light bulbs Mm -hmm. to make it work. Sorry, totally (laughs) off the topic. Yeah, Yeah, totally off the topic. I I apologize. That's okay. But
2: I think it's really about um, you can now get access to multiple sources of data. Um, and, and whether that you're a utility who are accessing SCADA systems and and IoT meters and and the like, or a building management system in a in a university, you're gaining insights and um, as, as well as design models and and BIM models and 3D models that you can now access because you've got the technology to be able to bring all of that together. That's that's massive, and you're creating. Uh, intelligent interfaces to people and and giving them insights
0: that they've never had before so um it's it's huge sounds it david have you got any sort of examples that pop into mind for a client for example that's changed from maximo to maz that's helping them
1: achieve digital transformation? Yeah, great question, Paul. So I guess a couple of examples that um, you know you spoke about the innovation and how things have moved on. Um, so if I if I give you an example from um, from overseas, so uh, over in Europe there's a uh, an organisation called uh, Sundon Belt, and they're responsible for this massive you know massive bridge. So in the past, going to do inspections, we'd have people hanging across the side of the bridge, you know, in harnesses and that. Um, well, now the technology allows us to use drones to do the uh, the inspections of the, uh, the bridge. Um, that was one significant benefit they obtained. I guess the second significant benefit was as part of doing the inspections and understanding what it is, they've now worked out that they can extend the life of that bridge. Now, why is that important? Well, by extending the life of the bridge, they then don't need to go and do the improvements to the bridge which all the concrete, all the materials and everything else that goes into that, what they've then realised is the reduction in the carbon footprint. So it all started with doing the inspections for the drones and then it led to being able to extend the life of the bridge, which then had a sustainable impact on what they were actually uh, you know, doing. So that, that's, that's one overseas uh, example. Um, a little bit closer to home. Um we've got a uh, a joint customer between uh between CERTIS and, and IBM, uh, you know, Melbourne Water. So uh, you know, they've done some some really innovative things um around um when they have the um you know excess flooding, um they're collecting you know data in their stormwater drain system, and uh that's being fed into Maximo application suite uh to then help them make decisions on where it's their blockages, what what work they need to do around clearing those blockages, inspections, et cetera. So that's probably one closer to home that's uh, that's a fairly innovative uh, thing.
0: That bridge, if I remember correctly, and for people who are listening to this, they'll be able to pick up on the variety of accents that we have going today. Um, that was Old Zealand, wasn't it? Because I'm, I'm from New Zealand. If I remember correctly, that was a big bridge in Old Zealand that have doubled the lifespan on it.
1: No, the one I was talking about is actually over in Europe. It's uh, it's it's in Europe.
0: Oh, old Zealanders, Europe. Yes. Oh, okay. That's, 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 <laughs> yeah. uh, I didn't I
1: didn't pick up on the yeah. on the humour there, Paul. <laughs> yeah,
0: um, I, I remember reading about it actually, just because it, it's it's a relatively fairly recent um, sort of acknowledgement of how much this technology has changed, what they can do to keep things going and and look after it. Yeah. And when I was doing some research, in it actually for um, another podcast I was on. It came up as, as like the the best example out there of just how simple a, a solution it was that people didn't think about because we didn't have the technology for it, and how it ended up with a really awesome long term outcome. Yeah, it, it saves the, the taxpayers money in the long term; they don't have to replace the bridge anytime as soon. And it was all done with this fantastic technology that's really given people the tools to go out and, and do something different, things differently. But I just always found it funny that and it was old old Zealand, and I'm in New Zealand. <laughs>
1: just. Confuses things a little bit,
2: yeah.
1: and I guess the um, other thing. When, oh, sorry, Paul. The other thing when you talk about the, the the innovation, I mean, you know, we we started, and I know in in one of your early uh, podcasts, you talk about you know the growth from Maximo to Maximo Application Suite, and so you know within Maximo Application Suite, you know there's a there's a number of you know modules that allow organizations to do things around. Taking pictures and videos of their assets. Once you've then taken the pictures and videos of the assets, using the AI capability to run it through the models to identify: have I got an issue? Um, you know, we're working with um, with another partner who, in shopping malls, you know, one of the things they have is you know the kids are walking around with ice creams and drinks, and they have spillages. Identifying when that happens because you create a knock health and safety issue, um, and so we're working with um, a couple of organisations to work out. Uh, the direct benefit for them is they'll save money on their insurance. So that's Mm -hmm. something that, you know, previously without the technology of being able to identify something that happens, um, you know, things around road inspections. So being able to identify, um, you know, cracks in the road, the degradation of things that happen over time, that ability to analyse from the videos and pictures uh, certainly supports organisations as they go on their, uh, their journey. Out of curiosity,
0: with, with that particular sort of function around roading, as an example, we've been hit this year in this country by a number of really big storms and a cyclone. It, it's washed away some of the roads and, and it's caused some issues with our networks. Does the AI have that function to be able to go, oh, look, this is degrading faster than we expected? Or, or to sort of
1: extrapolate that data from built up data sets beforehand? absolutely it does yeah it's a matter of uh, training the model so what it needs to understand is um you know what should i be looking for as an acceptable uh what is the current state now what are the things that that trigger events for me i.e if the road should be this wide and it's been washed away and it's narrower for the uh, for the model to say hey yes you need to do something with that and 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 that's an extreme example because it's washed away but it could be that it's just to trigger an inspection, right? To get somebody to go out and do an inspection. Um, so it could be everything from that up to no, you've got a significant problem and you need to go and fix it. Yeah. So one of the one of
2: the scenarios we were we've been talking about
1: uh, with IBM New Zealand
2: has been around a slash that's that's come down from the mountains and taken out the roads and the and and the like buildings, you know, during the the recent cyclone. So we've been exploring how do you identify the probability or, or the buildup of flash in certain areas and and then what would happen if the weather system came through um, and try to um, predict or try and guess that this flash is going to move based on this amount of water that's going to fall so linking in uh, you know another source of information the weather into uh, the visual inspection capability and trying to predict uh outcomes that might happen as a result of this weather event but it's not just in that i mean we've we have uh organizations and who are uh, looking at vegetation management and the growth of vegetation on on um railway tracks so cameras on top of trains that are taking video along the journey um and you can't sit there and watch video every day and and so uh the technology is being used to compare the video from uh three months six months ago and determine the vegetation growth and whether or not you know people should go out and maintain it or whether it's going to be a hazard and that's all going towards helping um manage
0: their cost to 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 maintain It, it sounds like a really effective way to create an economies of scale in terms of the amount that an organization is spending on this upkeep and maintenance. sounds very cool. It it does raise a question for me though around uh, the importance of partnerships, because obviously you have to work with these organizations. Um, David, I'm kind of curious, how important do you think it is to have partners in an ecosystem to achieve these goals, like IBM or Certus as examples?
1: Oh you know extremely important Paul the the whole IBM go to model um is really around partners in the ecosystem so um there's been a, a whole range of, of activities happen uh, Martin uh, Michael would be familiar with partner plus which IBM just rolled out at the start of this month um and its whole focus is on how do we support uh business partners like Certus in in their go to market um in in supporting obviously the customers out there so yeah, you know, it's a, it's been a massive change in direction by IBM over the last few years. Um I, I I think it's fair to say, you know, four or five years ago we we were supporting partners, but in the last couple of years, that's absolutely our focus and our go to market model is via the uh via the ecosystem.
0: Excellent. So how, how about for you, Michael, from from the New Zealand perspective? Oh look, I it's absolutely
2: it's definitely crucial, um, you know, especially if you take that outcome-focused uh, approach to the market, you know, you need to be able to bring in uh, people who are really good at drone technologies. You know, for example, you you know you're you're bringing in data specialists, you're bringing in infrastructure. Sort of may have some of that, but there's other people out there in the ecosystem that are really cool and really good at it. And and we need we need to bring those together. We need to come together as a group. To, to reach that outcome, and uh, the days of Sturgis or IBM being able to do all that by ourselves, they're, they're well gone, and there's there's some very uh, amazing sort of examples and use cases out there around the world from partners who are doing that, and if we can bring that to the, the region,
0: that's, that's brilliant. Is it one of those things that you know, five, 10 years ago, because the technology was different, we didn't think about partnership in the same way, or is it is it the outcomes of, say, the pandemic and so it brings people together in different ways. And, and what would you say has sort of got us to where we are now with, with partnerships and working together? I think it's just the sheer um, uh, growth
2: in technology and uh, the access to information that that we now have that we've never had before, and that's allowing us to think differently about doing stuff. And so um, you uh, you have to partner to be able to, it's not, it's not feasible anymore to be able to, uh, deliver on, on, on take
0: advantage of everything that's possible out there, um, without partnering. In terms of what it brings for you guys as being part of that partnership, do you find that there is a bit more insight into the wider industry that there's more sort of flexibility or it makes it easier to personalize support by partnering up with others?
1: Well, I think it's fair to say that uh, one of the things CERTUS have been really, really good at is building their own ecosystem. So, getting um, other partners um, involved in being able to, to deliver an end to end solution. As Michael touched on, not every organization can do everything. So, therefore, you know, the old sum of the parts is greater than the whole, you know, getting other entities who have very specific capabilities to bring together and, and certainly you know i touched on the ibm direction being via the ecosystem but i think you know service in creating an ecosystem as well for them to take offerings to the market that's been a a really good um, initiative yeah
2: so our, our approach has really yeah. been around the the industry and, and innovation in the industry and driving that conversation and um, we we uh We've been in the industry for a good 20, 25 years. We have strong relationships, trust advisor type relationships with clients and, and we want to maintain that. And part of having an open trust is, is to be able to bring in what's cool and what's good around the world to the ANZ market. And so having access to um, the IBM technology and IBM use cases is is huge as well as the IBM partner and network. And and if, bringing that together to resolve to solve industry challenges is is where we need to go
0: now one of my clients has recently come across some challenges that they weren't particularly expecting when as you know we got hit by a cyclone um, and they were not expecting or ready for it at all I'm kind of curious what sort of changes you guys see coming up um, in the industry that that people might not be expecting that that Maz is actually set up to help them adapt to is there sort of a bit of future proofing involved in the design of this
1: yeah that's a that's a good word paul i'd i'd say there is a fair bit of uh, future proofing i mean one of the things in in you know moving from maximo to Maz that we 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 did was to support customers in simplifying the the license model right instead of having hundreds of part numbers and things that they had to purchase it's now a single part number um instead of purchasing eight individual products that had all these part numbers below them it's one part number and you get access to a whole suite of of products the idea behind that suite of products is that as the organization is on their asset management journey they can implement the parts of maximal application suite that make sense for them not everybody is ready to go yet to conditioned you know based maintenance to move to the asset performance management right everybody's at different stages on the journey not everybody's ready to say i want to roll out um you know taking photos and videos of my assets but by having that all together in a single application what it does do is allow them to do the journey at a time that fits their organization and and i think you know the work that uh, that certis are doing uh you know with with their customers in in taking them on that journey that's where I think you know it, it gets complemented by what Maximo application suite offers.
2: Yeah, I think that the look, I think the technology uh, uh, infrastructure that MaaS brings and and the license construct changes is is a game changer in that um, we don't need to talk about the licenses anymore. We we're talking now about how do you get but time to value, how do you start using that capability and and start moving up that maturity curve? Like um like Dave said, most of our clients are all at different stages in their maturity, um, but they're all wanting to try and they're all wanting to engage and and work out how do they how does they change their business to to evolve and being able to and not worry about for a license construct, or not worry about the technology stack; that it's all there. They can draw down on it and go um, at their pace, and and that's, I think, that's going to be a huge enabler to organizations to to s-
0: s- enable them to move up that maturity curve and, and, and improve right, their business. Yes. So, as I say, I had a curiosity then because I'm well aware of the time. Um, what sort of advice do you guys have then for people who are looking at this or have, who have jumped on board, Maz, on how they can innovate um, or, or find new processes? Is there sort of a,
1: an approach that you'd recommend? Well, I think the, the, the key approach would be, you know, to work with partners like Sirtis. Um, You know, they can come in, as as Michael touched on, the trusted advisor, um, you know, look at where they are in the journey and what makes sense for their business, you know, to be able to to, to roll out. And it's not, hey, let's implement everything at the, at the same time. It, it is having access to that capability and to go on that journey in a time frame that, uh, that makes sense. And, you know, what, what are the business problems that, are, that they're trying to solve? You know, Michael touched on the vegetation, putting cameras on the trains, right? If the organisation, you know, has assets that is subjective to that whole vegetation management, well, we know that that costs organisations a lot of money to maintain that. So where can we add value with that? By identifying what they need to do to reduce the cost of maintaining that vegetation, and you know the technology, the AI does it better than the than the human eye. And I think I think also
2: it's not something to be uh, to shy away from. We've developed um, services engagements where we can come in and and build business readiness uh, activities so that this just becomes part of the a BAU activity to move to mars and 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 also so there there are a lot of easy a lot of good experience and easy steps that can be taken to start, get on that journey so it's it's not something that anybody should be concerned i i would really encourage people just to engage and embrace embrace it and and also um join the industry innovators community you will the the Maximo and Toriga team or clients and Customers, they're they're very active. They're very they want to share. They want to learn. Um, it's a great community to understand how other people are doing things, and um, and you we should leverage that. Um, people want to learn. They're they're keen to share, and uh, we should we should learn from each other's um challenges and and what's went well and what hasn't
0: gone well, and um and really embrace it. So that, that industry innovators community, that's available for download from your app store and on LinkedIn as well, isn't it? Yes, and um, it's got a real cross-section of, of industry
2: clients talking about industry challenges, and um, and
0: it's a real great source of of uh, insight. Fantastic. So if people want to learn more about how they can get this process started or what they can get out of it, who is the best person to talk to and how do they get hold of them? Well, they could talk to any of
2: the IBM team or any of the CERTIS team um, that, that we have we've all collectively been working with our clients um, for, you know, the good 12, 24 months. And, and so by all means, reach out to Dave and his team or my, my team and, and, and let's get going. Fantastic.
0: Oh, I think that's us. We've filled up the time relatively well. Um, do you guys have any last thoughts that you want to get across? Any sort of last minute things you think people should really know about this this changeover, that this upgrade to Maz?
1: I think Paul, you you touched on about the the journey and um you know one of the, the the sort of things that are happening in the industry that we're seeing is that that whole digital twin. And, you know, I had someone explain to me, well what what do you really, you know, mean by the digital twin? And I think the easiest way to explain it is if you go back to the Apollo 13 movie, that's an example of a physical twin, right? So you've got Mm -hmm. Tom Hanks and the team zipping around in in space and the guys are on the ground trying to to do something. So that's an example of a physical twin. If we take that forward, you know, to the digital twin, um, when people go on their journey, you know, building their assets and then maintaining their assets, refurbishing their assets – um, you know the whole capital refurbishment program that people that go through. Uh, we will find that the technology is there to support as they move into that digital twin world, and certainly that's one of the things that um, you know we're really happy that you know Maximo Application Suite can support them on that uh, on that journey. No, I think
2: uh, it's been great. Thank you very much for um, having us, and um, yeah, just let's get going is what I say. It's a great a great opportunity to innovate and improve and and do things differently and i think we should just really embrace it
0: brilliant david small michael here thank you very much for joining me today i've learned a ton and i really think people should go and look up what i used to use for light bulb filaments it's going to scare people a little bit very very scary Uh, thank Thank you you very much for listening Um, Don't forget, download the other podcasts that we've got in the series as well to learn a little bit more about the process and what you can get out from upgrading from Maximo to Maz. You'll absolutely thank us for it later.